Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. God, giver of life, you intend for humans to live together in peace. In this time of grief over gun violence, we pray for your presence among us, that trusting in your mighty and gentle healing, we may live in hope, we pray. Make us instruments of your peace. God of resurrection, we remember before you those who have died in Buffalo, New York, Laguna Woods, California, Uvalde, Texas. We commend them to your eternal love. Grant healing and wholeness to the survivors who are wounded or traumatized, and restore all whose spirits are maimed by such violence. That we may serve as your arms of care to those in distress, we pray. Make us instruments of your peace. God of righteousness, you have laid on our elected leaders the responsibility to protect our land. Strengthen their devotion to our common life and guide legislators to enact policies that address our plague of gun violence, that our government may support our search for domestic harmony. We pray, make us instruments of your peace. God of compassion, we give you thanks for first responders, for police officers, firefighters, EMTs, and all who offer compassionate aid in situations of tragedy. Keep them safe from harm and give them courage and sound judgment as they act, that we may join in support of those who risk their lives for others. We pray, make us instruments of your peace. God of forgiveness, we ask your mercy on the ones who fired the weapons. With your grace, transform those who from malice or illness inflict violence on others. Console their families, believing in your power to make all things new. We pray, make us instruments of your peace. God of the promise in word and sacrament, we pray for the church. Give us a voice, your voice, to plead for a society marked by justice and sustained by cooperation among diverse peoples. Train us to resist the lure of brute force, that by your spirit we may become words and signs of your mercy, we pray. Make us instruments of your peace. God of true might and redemptive mercy, receive our prayers and grant us to become your instruments of peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
Let us pray. Almighty God, your only Son was taken into the heavens and in your presence intercedes for us. Receive us in our prayers for all the world, and in the end, bring everything into your glory through Jesus Christ, our Sovereign and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. first reading comes from the first chapter of the book of Acts. Luke writes, In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after given, giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading comes from the book of Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to the eleven and those with them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer, to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. And I ask you to please pray with me. Oh God, we need you. We need your healing. We need your wisdom. We need your justice. We need your peace. We pray for the victims and families of the shootings in Uvalde, in Laguna Woods, in Buffalo and all victims of violence. Keep them in our hearts today. Keep them before us. And call on us to respond with your compassion. We need you to speak to us today. Amen. Just to begin with, I want to be clear up front that I will be talking about gun violence today and the mass shootings that have occurred. We need to talk about these things open and honestly, forthrightly, but I also want to be aware of the pain and trauma that we've experienced, so please be mindful of your needs and feel free to step out of the sanctuary or do what you need to do if it becomes too much in the moment. Jackie, Ellie, Levi, McKenna, Jose, Uzia, Amory, Xavier, Jace, Tess, Alithia, 
Annabel, Maite, Alexandria, Layla, Jayla, Eliana, Rogelio, and Miranda. All precious children of God, images of God's face, only ages 9, 10, and 11. And their two teachers, Irma Garcia and Eva Morales. What more is there to say that hasn't already been said? We've had this conversation before. Anything we say is inadequate for the moment, for the pain, for the loss of life. We have been here before far too many times. We all know this. Ten years ago, there was the shooting at Sandy Hook. We all thought that something would change after that. Certainly, something had to change after that. But nothing happened. A few years later, there was the shooting at Emanuel AME in Charleston. Then the one at Pulse Nightclub. A little later, one in Las Vegas. Then Stoneman Douglas High School. Then Tree of Life Synagogue. Then a Walmart in El Paso. And you could list the names on and on. Each time, the same talking points get rolled out. Each time, nothing seems to change. It's hard to feel hopeful that this time will be different. I think by now we've all seen the satiric but heartbreaking headline from The Onion. No way to prevent this, says only nation where this regularly happens. That headline first ran in 2014, but it has been repeated over and over and over and over again. And it's true, we seem to have a unique problem here in the United States, in that we average more gun deaths per capita than pretty much every other developed country. As an American, according to a study by the University of Washington, you are eight times more likely to die from gun violence than a Canadian would be, and a hundred times more likely than someone from the United Kingdom. Every shooting is horrible in its own way, but the ones that take place in our schools are particularly painful. I think we all believe schools should be places of safety, of flourishing, of learning. But in the last 10 years, since we said never again after Sandy Hook, there have been 540 school shooting incidents where at least one person has been killed. 540, according to the Center for Homeland Defense and Security. I hope we can all begin here. We can all agree on this, that this has to stop. As disciples of Christ, the Prince of Peace, this has to stop. One way or another, the adults in the room, and that includes us, need to take responsibility and say, that's it, enough is enough, something must change this time. It should have changed a long time ago, but now it will have to be enough. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm asked on occasion what it is that I believe about hell. And I'll often start by saying that there's surprisingly little in the Bible about hell. And there's definitely nothing about little red men with pitchforks hopping around. That is all in the popular imagination. But if you were to ask me about hell today, I would point to what happened in Uvalde. I can think of nothing worse than those precious children dying in their classroom. And I can only imagine the hell their parents and families are experiencing to imagine not being able to comfort, reach, and protect their children. I can think of nothing worse, and I wept as I prayed for them. Because of this time, it seems strange and out of place to hear the story of Jesus' ascension when we're surrounded by such nightmares to hear a story of glory. This week has been hell on earth, 
And yet this appears to be a story about Jesus leaving us. We need you down here, Jesus. Lifting up his hands, our text from Luke says, Jesus blessed them, and while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. Jesus opened the scriptures to the disciples, said, you will be my witnesses, and sent them to share the good news. But then he ascended to be with God the Father. In Acts' version, which is really the sequel to Luke's gospel, Jesus is taken up in a cloud. We are reminded of this scene uh, every week as we sit in our church. The stained glass behind our altar, we see Jesus raising his hands in blessing. You can see his footprints below as he rides away on a cloud, a lingering sign of his earthly presence. I have to admit that ascension has always been a bit of a struggle for us in our modern world. We're not quite sure what to make of it. In the ancient and medieval world, it was possible to think of heaven as a place just above us, somewhere in the sky. But it's harder for us to believe that, since we know that if you keep going, you'll find outer space and black holes and other galaxies. But even for Luke, it doesn't seem the ascension is this literalistic about Jesus going up into the clouds. For Luke, heaven is a realm inhabited by God and the angels, a place where God's will is done, a place where God's dream is reality. Even with our modern understanding of space, of the cosmos, the point is this. The ascension means Jesus, the one that was touched and heard and shared meals with people, that Jesus, the one in the flesh, goes to be where God is. This might give us the impression that Jesus has left the building, that we're on our own down here now. But that's not really what ascension is about. And that's why we shouldn't take it too literally when it says Jesus rode away on the clouds. Instead of emphasizing God's distance, the ascension emphasizes God's power and Jesus' ongoing presence beyond the way we experienced him before. Our relationship with Jesus changes and continues after the resurrection, but it's not quite the same as those disciples who encountered him in his earthly ministry. If Jesus of Nazareth would turn from the dead, lived a few more decades after that, and then died again, the resurrection wouldn't matter very much. It wouldn't have the same universal power. If the presence of Jesus was limited to where one human body could go and be at one time, that would be a fairly limited sense of how Christ can be present with us. Martin Luther loved to preach on ascension. He wrote long sermons in general, but he wrote even longer sermons, big sermons, for this festival day. For Luther, the ascension of Christ was not about Christ's absence or distance from us. It was about Christ's ubiquity, both hidden and revealed in our world. That's why so many churches have an image of the ascension behind their communion table, reminding us that Christ is still present with us. That's how we symbolically make sense of Christ's presence at our table at the same time Christ is present at all the other tables of churches that are worshiping right now. How Christ can be both here and with Carolyn Schneider in Jamaica. Luther understood the ascension of Christ as Christ ascending not into the clouds, but into the cosmos itself. That wherever you go, Christ can be found there. Theologians in the 5th century portrayed Christ as ascending not just up, but into the Eucharist. Some contemporary ecological theologians suggest that ascension means that we can think of Christ as in the earth itself. As Gail Ramshaw writes, Jesus of Nazareth is not in a literal manner in our Sunday assembly or walking on our streets, but the Easter faith affirms that the risen Lord is indeed at our table and in the, wor- in, in the world. Today proclaims to us that Christ is not lesser or more distant, but greater and closer than we ever imagined. Jesus is not with us as he once was, 
but he is still with us throughout the world. And one day he will come again in his fullness to bring heaven to earth to make God's dream a reality. That's the mystery and joy of Ascension Day. When you come forward for communion, I invite you to look at that stained glass window, to wonder about and praise God for the mysterious presence of Christ with us, a God in Jesus who is greater and closer to us than we imagine. But even so, how can that heavenly vision have anything to do with the hell we witnessed this week? In Ascension Sunday, we are reminded that we have something that the world desperately needs. In some ways, I think the church has been frozen, kind of like those apostles on the first Ascension Day, who stood up there looking at heaven, wondering what was going to happen next, until two uh, messengers came to them and said, Why are you stuck looking up at heaven? You've got work to do. Jesus says you are going to go and be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What are you doing, standing, looking up at the sky? I believe that's Jesus' message for us now. It's time to go and be witnesses. Thoughts and prayers are important, but it's time to go and be witnesses. Enough standing around while nothing changes. It's time to go and be witnesses. Following the example of Christ, we are to descend into those hellish places in our world, places of suffering and grief and pain, and bring a little bit of heaven on earth. You may have heard a coach or maybe a general say, go and give them hell. There's enough hell on earth. Go and give them heaven. We pray week after week, your will be done, O Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. The ascension is the promise that Christ will come and bring heaven to earth, that heaven is breaking into our reality and it is our jobs to be witness to that. We can't be stuck looking at the sky when children are dying. Jesus, the one who descended into hell on our behalf, is the first one to weep with us, the first one to embrace the world and its hurting. Jesus, the one who died as an innocent victim of violence, takes the innocent victims of all times and places with him into the heart of God. We have been here before, far too many times. We say over and over again, enough is enough, but let's mean it this time. It has to be the end. We're not just supposed to be standing around looking at heaven. We're supposed to go and give people heaven in the name of Jesus. It's time to go and be witnesses to that vision of life and healing and peace. And in a mysterious way, Christ is with us. Amen. <laughs>
set free from captivity to sin and death. We pray to the God of resurrection for the church, the people in need, and all of creation. Holy One, ruler of heaven and earth, wash us in your Holy Spirit and make us witnesses to your resurrected life in this community. Let our fellowship be a sign to others of the presence of Christ. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Through thundering mighty waters, reveal your creative power at work in creation. Cleanse the air, land, and waters with the movement of your spirit and the participation of your people. God, in your mercy. In faithful and diverse worship, turn all people toward you and your loving will for mankind. Bridge differences among traditions and across faiths. Unite us in mission for the sake of a world in need. God, in your mercy. In the suffering and death of Jesus, draw near to those who suffer, who are ill, or for whom death approaches. Be especially with Jackie, Mary, Randy, Leticia, Denia, and Rick. Hold them in the palm of your loving hand and give them rest, God, in your mercy. Inspire us through the music, dance, and other art ministries of this congregation, especially Wendy, our bell and vocal choirs, and all musicians who lead us in worship. With clapping, shouting, singing, playing, and moving, let our bodies bear witness to the joy you alone can give. God, in your mercy. Rouse us to remember the faithful witness of the saints who have gone before us. By their lives and the life and death of Jesus, enlighten our hearts, give us hope, and lead us in wisdom. God, in your mercy. God, we lift up uh, prayers for those we carry in our hearts this morning. We pray for the family of Harley Spildy, for the family of Oliver Oldham, for Graham and Sabrina in their newly married life. We lift up uh, all those people we, we grieve uh, and lift up with gratitude who served in our armed forces. God, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In your mercy, O God, respond to these prayers and renew us by your life-giving spirit through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please take a moment to share a sight of peace with those around you. Peace be with you. Thank you. 
Please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Living God, you gather the wolf and the lamb to feed together in your peaceable grain, and you welcome us all at your table. Reach out to us through this meal and show us your wounded and risen body that we may be nourished and believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give all thanks and praise. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who in dying has destroyed death and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter, and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, you we praise and glorify, you we worship and adore. You formed the earth from chaos, you encircled the globe with air, you created fire for warmth and light, you nourished the lands with water, you molded us in your image with mercy higher than the mountains, with grace deeper than the seas, you blessed the Israelites and cherished them as your own. That also we, estranged and dying, might be adopted to live in your spirit, you called to us through the life and death of Jesus. We remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. It's my body, given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Together as the body of Christ, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your son, the firstborn of your new creation. We remember his life lived for others and his death and resurrection which renews the face of the earth. We await his coming when, when with the world made perfect through your wisdom, all our sins and sorrows will be no more. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy God, holy and merciful one, holy and compassionate, send upon us in this meal your Holy Spirit, whose breath revives us for life, whose fire rouses us to love. Enfold in your arms all who share this holy food. Nurture in us the fruits of the, of the Spirit, 
that we may be a living tree, sharing your bounty with all the world. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy and benevolent God, receive our praise and petitions as Jesus received the cry of the needy and fill us with your blessing until needy no longer and bound to you in love, we feast forever in the triumph of the Lamb through whom all glory and honor is yours. O God, O living one with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated while we share a few instructions for communion today. To communion, you will uh, go to the side aisles and come forward. At the front of the side aisles, there are two tables where you will pick up an empty cup and bring it with you to the railing. At the railing, it will be filled with wine. You will receive bread. If you need or desire grape juice or gluten-free, those are also at these two side tables. Just grab them on your way and bring them to the railing. After you've communed at the railing, you'll return down the center aisle and place your empty cup in this bowl by the center aisle. Friends, guests, visitors are all welcome to commune with us today because this is the Lord's table. The invitation comes from Christ. Special invitation as well uh, to those joining us from home online or at, uh, uh, by phone to uh, join your church family in communion today. The risen Christ dwells with us here. All who are hungry, all who are thirsty, come. This is the body of Christ.
Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, generous God, for this bread and cup we have tasted at the new heaven and earth, where hunger and thirst are no more. Send us from this table as witnesses to the resurrection, that through our lives all may know Jesus' name. Amen.
Briefly before we depart, I wanted to say that if we want to be witnesses and go and give them some, a piece of heaven, uh, there are a few events coming up. On Tuesday, there is an interfaith vigil that our area synod is sponsoring. Um, the location has yet to be announced for that, but if you're interested in attending, please let me know, and I will communicate that to you. Uh, and also, a week from Wednesday, on June 8th, we have retired pastor Jeff Wild uh, coming to do a demonstration underneath our mural. Uh, he transforms guns into garden tools, so he's going to bring his, uh, his uh, blacksmith materials and uh, turn a few guns into garden tools, so please join us for that as well. And keep an eye out for the Wisconsin Council of Church, Churches that does a great job of suggesting advocacy steps you can take. God, the author of life, Christ, the living cornerstone, and the life-giving spirit of adoption, bless you now and forever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Go in peace. Tell what God has done.